Surf Brains. How do you make the magic boards? Typically, voodoo has been one of my favorites. <laughs> but, um, you know... Maybe a lighter magic, sunny magic or something? You know, just straight uh, voodoo. Uh, and a lot of people refer to voodoo as being kind of dark, yet I don't uh, know if you realize this, but the Christians, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church actually acknowledges voodoo. And they're one of the only... Um, most people think uh, of as dark as being one of the only like acknowledged religions acknowledged by the catholic church i actually just found that out recently yeah i think i think i've heard about that too that's yeah. interesting yeah well i didn't know you're such a scholar on this stuff that's good yeah, i wouldn't really call myself a scholar but you know i like <laughs> to have fun and little wasteless useless tidbits of information in my brain sometimes keep me entertained and mm-hmm. make life a little more enjoyable do you think about that stuff like when you're shaping surfboards absolutely <laughs> i think if you could read my mind when i was shaping mm-hmm. surfboards it might scare you at times <laughs> how, how long have have you been shaping surfboards? Uh, it feels like a lifetime. It's a long time. I've had some I magic started boards from in you. Nineteen ninety-two or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started in Hawaii. I've had some good boards. I've I've got some good ones from you. I thought you started here. You started in Hawaii. Technically, I shaped my very first surfboard in Hawaii yeah. in Waipio at the Blue Hawaii Factory. Whoa, that's an awesome heritage there. Yeah. Those are the boards that Potts used to ride. Yep. Glenn yeah. Minami, Jay Richardson, and yeah. uh, all the boys there gave me my start. Really? How'd, you, how'd that happen? Um, yeah, did you, I begged did you and them? pleaded them to teach me how to shape because yeah. I was fixing ding repairs and doing some fiberglass work there. And they yeah. told me that if I bought my own tools and I bought my own blank, mm. they would give me a little guidance and teach me how to shape my own board only if I watched them shape over 20 surfboards. So that's what I did. I watched them shape by hand about 20, 30, maybe even 40 surfboards. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and bought my own tools. I made a couple tools. They helped me. And I bought my own first piece of foam and I shaped myself. My very first board was a 7.6 gun for Sunset Beach. How, is that, how did that work out? How was that when you wrote it? Surprisingly, it looked really ugly. But yeah. um, it, it worked kind of amazing. Yeah. It worked good. I, I would ride that thing in six, eight, ten foot sunset all the time. Yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes those are the best, like the ones you don't think are going to look good and the ones you get, and it, they turn out being kind of yeah. magical. And it can still kind of work the opposite because yeah. even to this day, I'll have a board. I think it looks amazing. Um, and not every shaper makes every board just work amazing for every person. So I've had a board, and I look at it. Everything's perfect on paper. The numbers, it looks amazing, and I get on it, and it's just a dud. Yeah, that's why I asked you about the magic. Yeah. It's true. And I don't know what it is. Like, for instance, we have a board up there on the wall right now with the heart on that board. And the, the heart one? I re- yeah, yeah, I re- retired that one because everything looks amazing on it. But it just, uh, I wrote it three times, and it, it had... There was no spark to that board at all, so we retired it. Yeah, it looks really good up there. It does look really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you kind of know right away, too, don't you, as like, if like you've been surfing for a little while. You do. You yeah. get on a board the first day. If it feels good under your feet, mm. you know you got something good going on. Mm. Some boards don't always have that magic the very first day, mm. but if it doesn't have that spark within the first two, three sessions, I would always tell someone to really rethink that. Mm. That board for them. Do you, you think it's something that's in our heads? You know, because we're no. older and like. No. I remember when I was a kid and I couldn't afford it. I just got a board and I knew it was going to be mine, and I somehow kind of kind of made it work. But no, you don't think so. I think no. we have enough experience now, right? We we know we know okay, what we like. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we know what we don't like. And mm-hmm. we can get on a board and make it work, but mm-hmm. that doesn't make it a great board. Mm-hmm. Most boards, I think, in my opinion, that from my experience, I get on that board the first session, I know whether I got a magic board under my feet or not. Mm-hmm. I know when I got a good board, and I know when I got a magic board. I kind of know, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the magic boards, you want to hang on. You want to take care of them a little bit better because mm-hmm. it's tough. And even mm-hmm. with the shaping technology with, that we have nowadays with the computer technology. Right. Um, you have a machine. We have a machine. But the thing is, it's a human putting the fins on the surfboard. It's a human right. that we are relying to put at the right angles and line up on the dots perfectly and surprisingly a good surfer That's huge. it's gigantic if if a fin is off on the angle a 16th to an eighth of an inch it is night and day the way the board will respond yeah it changes it uh, it has to it makes perfect sense Absolutely. all the way that the water flows through it around it and it could be that that's, that's huge yeah, that's, that's big. And oh yeah, all the materials and stuff too. Like, what do you uh, like? Uh, I have a board that you shape me that works awesome, and then in certain conditions it works like amazing and stuff. And I think it's because of the maybe the foam, like it's an epoxy one. Yeah. And uh, and I, I've been uh, uh, I've been on the on the sidelines about it, but um, yeah. What do you think about all, all those things? Do you think it's a fad? It's here to stay, right? I think epoxy now definitely is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself. Didn't really jump on the uh, on the bandwagon for quite a while, simply because I had a couple epoxy boards. I tried a couple that I wasn't very fond of. I rode a Channel Island Surf Tech myself. Yeah, um, it was fifty fifty. Some, some conditions it worked okay. Some it didn't. I like to try other boards. I like to see what other shapers are doing. I like to try other materials. Mm-hmm. It keeps me in tune with what what I'm going with what I'm doing. I mean, let's be real. Mm-hmm. If, if the fastest race car in the world had some unique design to it and next year's race, if we didn't try to copy that to keep up with that fast car, we'd be idiots, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you guys are you guys doing that as shapers? Are you like giving each other boards and like talking about stuff all the time? Some do, do and it? some don't. Yeah. But realistically the best shapers in the world, they work a lot with other great shapers that help do the production work. Like for instance mm-hmm. at Lost Surfboards, they have some of the best shapers in the world working underneath them. When I worked at Blue Hawaii under Glenn Minami, Glenn was a great shaper, but I remember them, for instance, once bringing in one of Kelly Slater's boards, mm. and all the shapers had a private meeting, and they dissected that thing. They wanted Whoa. to know what made Kelly Slater's surfboard so unique and so amazing, and that, to me, is a great leader. I mean, you have, yeah. to, you have to know what your competition is doing. Mm-hmm. So... I do think that the, the the good ones out there are definitely looking at the other shapers and the influences and seeing what they're doing and with the materials and mm-hmm. some of the stuff is hype, um, but there's a lot of stuff that really there's a benefit to it. Like for mm-hmm. instance, the epoxy surfboards. I think if you rode epoxy surfboards in Hawaii when the waves are pumping and I. I most of the people tend not to enjoy them so much. They are a mm. little corky. They're a little too floaty. They're fast. They 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 turn really well. But the polyurethane and those kind of conditions, mm. I think, just outweighs the poly, the the epoxy surfboard hands down in great surf. But here in Huntington Beach, yeah. I think for the average Works small great. mushy day, I, mm. I think these things work amazing. We get a mm. light board and. 
as we get a little bit older, we can actually add a lot more volume to our surfboards. But because it's epoxy, if it's a full epoxy all the way through, the boards are super ultra responsive. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, your last board might have been a polyurethane glass with epoxy resin. Yeah, that's another thing. Is that and that makes it a little bit different. That does. What it, so it's like a PU board with a regular glass job. Is that right? A, a regular board that you buy on the shelf at Jack's or Huntington Surf and Sport is a polyurethane board glass with polyester resin. Right. Uh, we do we do some hybrids that are polyurethane boards glass with epoxy resin. Oh, that's and what mine is. That's what yours is. <laughs> and uh, know what that. that does is it allows the board. It gives the board a little more pop. It has, it has a, 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 pop. a fresher feel to it in the mm-hmm. water. It's also a little bit stiffer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people talk about the flex in the surfboards, but in in reality. What they're more interested in is the rebound. And the rebound is when a board flexes, how quick does it come back? Yeah. So with a polyester glass job, um, let's just say for the sake of our conversation, you flex the board out two inches, it takes two seconds for that board to come back to its original shape. Yeah. Is that, is that a real uh, measurement, two inches? No. Or it's not going to flex two no. inches? No. Uh, You'd, you'd probably be surprised how much boards flex if we stood on it. I mean, if you put yeah. a, if you put a surfboard on was okay. two bricks, nose to tail, and you stood on it, it, it might flex an inch to two inches. Wow. But my point is, it's how fast the board's going to mm. flex, flex back. That's the pop. That's mm. why when you have a brand new board, it feels so alive mm. and, it, and it feels amazing. Mm. And then you have a board that's like three, four years old, and you're like, I don't know, it just it feels dead. It feels... Mm. and the polyester resin, it's a known fact, it, it does kind of get flexed out. It's like you take a piece of rubber and you keep bending it and you bend it every day, all day. Eventually, it's the integrity of the product is going to start wearing. It's not going to have that same rigidity that it had in the early days. Mm-hmm. And with the epoxy resin, because it's, it's actually not even a resin, it's a glue, um, and it's much harder than the polyester resin, it mm-hmm. retains its pop. A yeah. lot longer. They yeah. stay fresher feeling a lot longer. Yeah, personally for me, this is the first board I've had that's like that, and it took some getting used to. Mm-hmm. And then when you get used to it, you oh, you really can kind of dig into it, and it's like use it to your advantage. You can do things you don't couldn't usually do on other boards, just like speed in certain places and things like that. And, and once you kind of... I was talking to the guy, Aaron Owens, and he goes, no, use that. Use that to your advantage right there. And it, it, yeah, it, it totally... You had to change your mindset a little bit. So it's a good exercise for... I yeah, know, guys like me. I'm a little older, so it's good to change it up and do something different. And I think as we get older, yeah. our surfing, some of our surfing starts to change a little bit, so we need a yeah, little more help on the board end. Yeah. Our, our reflexes, we're not as fast, we're mm-hmm. not as like quick and light, as agile as we used to be in our 20s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because of that, we can make certain changes in the board that can benefit people huge. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be open-minded to those changes. Yeah. I think that's where it's important to have like a good relationship with a shaper. Like that's something that some people maybe don't get to do if they just buy something off the rack, but to be able to like um, show you boards that you've been riding in the past and talk to you about everything and like, yeah, how important do you think that that is for people? Like you have a lot of people coming to you and you know them personally. And I you, think it's, you I personally think it's everything because yeah. people will come to me and they'll tell me, um, you know, hey, this board, it did this or it didn't do this. And just me with my experience, I already have a solution in my head of something we can try that might make the board more enjoyable for them. So, mm. for instance, a person might tell me, hey, this board, 
I, I go to do a turn on it, and it seems to want to dig rail a lot. In my head, I'm thinking right away, okay, maybe we should try a little wider board for you. And then obviously that person is going to say to me, well, I don't really need a wider board. Well, why don't you just try it? Because it's going to help flow those turns out a little bit more. And what it is is we're not going to ride the same board nowadays that we were riding 15 years ago. The, the technology has yeah, changed. that would be silly. And being that it's changed, and we make changes as shapers to make the boards work a little better. So, like, for instance, nowadays everybody typically in 2018 are riding boards two inches shorter than they were 15 years ago, yep, and probably a half an inch wider. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boards I rode in interesting. 10, 15 years ago were 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, 19 and a half inches wide, maybe even 19 and a quarter mm-hmm. by 2 and 5 eighths. Nowadays, my short board is 6'4", by 20 and a half, by 3 inches. Mm-hmm. I used to um, ride a 6'1", and now I ride a 5'11". Right. 510. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've all gone shorter and a little wider, mm-hmm. and we shape the boards a little bit different. And obviously, the uh, something's working here because I think we're enjoying them a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. I think maybe Dane Reynolds is a little bit responsible for that. Do you think? Like, he was, seemed to be one of the people who went shorter and wider. And I think, I think Dane could too. be. I know Kelly is a, a big yeah, influence in that right. because... I think he did it just to kind of rock people's minds, in my opinion, back yeah. in the day, like riding a little, I think it was a 5'9", big second reef pipe. And yeah. even even Corey Lopez Crazy. did it on some of those those little fish boards that he was riding. And, yeah. you know, people, Couldn't nobody would that. ever think they could take off on a 10-foot Hawaiian wave on a little 5'5", five five. Mm-hmm. but they're doing it. Yeah. And the performance aspect of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. They just have total control of the surfboard. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, speaking of some of those pros, that you had that uh, interesting thing on Surfline where Josh Kerr took one of your boards and they went down to South America. Yes, and he showcased all of them. Yeah, how that how that happened? That was interesting to turn on Surfline and I saw him riding your board and rating it and talking about it. It was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, a yeah. that was one of the first times Surfline had done something like that, and I actually really enjoyed it because yeah. it allows me to compare my boards to other people's boards in very similar conditions. Um, how'd they come about? How did, did how'd you get invited? Surfline uh, threw it out to a bunch of us shapers. All of yeah. us had the opportunity. Um, yeah. We paid a few bucks to do it, okay, and uh, just to support the cause. Mm-hmm. But we we gave the surfboards to them. We built them a surfboard based on their dimensions. We knew the wave they were going to, mm-hmm. and we just built what we thought would work for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so like I said, when uh, Josh Jai, Curry was ripping on that thing, he was ripping on mm-hmm. that thing, and so mm-hmm. was. Uh, Damien Hobgood, he wrote yeah. it as well, and mm-hmm. I think Josh surfed it better than Damien. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think yeah. I think Damien is probably used to a board maybe a little bit narrower, but uh, mm-hmm. Josh actually made that board look amazing, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, he's got a, such an awesome bottom turn and a great flow and stuff. Yeah. It's, He's really good. And it was pink, so it really stood out as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bright pink. That was awesome. Uh, let's see. I had like a list of questions here for you and stuff. Like, um, um, Yeah, you know, it was interesting. We talked about this stuff. Uh, I, I went to Bali last summer, and I have a, had a PU board, and it, it seemed like a little too light. And um, like when the winds came up, too, I got pushed around a little bit. Like I talked about that. Um, yeah, you got... Um, uh, y- you know, my board's like a swallowtail. What, what about tails around here? I know I don't really like, do with a, a pintail too well around here in California. Like, is that something people don't really 
write them that much. Squashes and swallows, right? And swallow is a new thing for me. Like, what do you think that does for me? Is that a silly question? You know, everybody has their own preference. Mm. And some people like a looser board. Some people like the board to have a little bit of resistance when they come off, meaning when they push off that bottom turn, they want the board to kick back a little bit. So with a squash tail, typically that's what you get out of that kind of a tail. You push on that tail, and the tail almost gives you a little push back, and it gives you that little, I like to call it a second gear. Whereas if you have a pintail and you push off the tail, you don't really get that push back. It just flows more. Yeah. And obviously we have surfers that surf differently. Some surfers are real loose in the pocket. Like a guy like Rob Machado would probably surf a little rounded pin, perhaps more than another surfer with a little more aggression like a poncho sullivan because of his style and his just weight. because of his style his yeah. weight mm. and all of that um yeah. rockers affect all that stuff too rockers do affect rockers it. huge right rockers a game changer but in the yeah. same kind of conditions like for instance there was a friend of mine and i think you're familiar with him barry deffenbaugh yeah and i love barry because love he's barry. one of the only guys i ever knew that yeah. took a uh, square a squash tail nice. out in the water and surfed it one day in the morning yeah. And he literally went back to the factory that afternoon and took a jigsaw to his surfboard and cut the swallowtail into it and went out and surfed it that afternoon to see the difference. <laughs> yeah. So I love You know, the swallowtail is just kind of similar, but it's going to loosen it up. It's going to yeah. allow the water to start transitioning off the bottom of the board a little sooner, mm-hmm. making the board a little bit looser. Gives and you more pop. Does it get, you know, it gives you, when you, gives you more drive. It's a little more responsive. Responsive. Because, like I said, and all you're really doing is changing the rocker of the surfboard and doing that. Okay. Because with a squash tail, if you imagine the lines of the board coming off of the tail and they all end down yeah. at the very end of the board, you're going to have so much resistance there. Mm-hmm. But when you have a swallowtail, the water's going to come off of that rocker a little bit sooner mm-hmm. because it actually shortens the board up, theoretically loosening the board up a little bit. Okay. You know, I'm always in awe of you guys. I, I tried to shape a surfboard. Like, um, like my brother gave me this uh, a blank for Christmas, and we tried to shape it. And it was so hard. It was, like, so incredibly hard. I had, I had no idea how, how it was going to be, and I had such an appreciation for it. But, like, um, uh, is that, do you ever still shape boards just from, just from hand? Like, just go, and does everything go in the machine? But I know you, you have years of doing it all just straight from the blank, and um, that was so hard. It just must be it's, such a crazy thing to learn how to do, do well. It's difficult, and for yeah. some, of it, some of us, it's more difficult than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I do typically, occasionally, shape a board from scratch. Mm. But I, I, I don't like to because I find myself to be... Um, I'm, I'm more of, I like to consider myself more of a creative shaper than really the craftsman. And I think Maurice Cole said that himself years ago. He's not okay. much of a craftsman as much as he is a creator. So, therefore, yeah. he likes to really work on his designs in the computer. You're fine-tuning things after it's kind of spit out. Yeah, that's that's what you're doing most of the time. And then let's be real. like You cannot shape as accurate. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You cannot shape as accurate by hand as you can on a computer. Yeah, there's and no way. that's why nowadays doctors don't use uh, their hands and eyeballs to work on people's hearts. They're using mm-hmm. microscopes and and specialized computer tools mm-hmm. to work on people's hearts because they are so much more accurate. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yeah, it's amazing. 
surfboards are. Um, yeah, what, what about like price? Everything seems to be going up and up ever since that. Uh, not, 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 nothing for you. It's just like the industry after that Clark foam thing. Like, um, I was reading something the other day that they'll said the, um, that materials are getting so crazy and, um, people are willing to, to pay so much more that maybe in like 10 years, surfboards would be like $1,500. Do you think that's something that will happen? I mean, they're already, they're, we've already seen them go up because of that, I, that, that thing. But, um, it's I, never, but then there's something from Asia where they seem to be mass producing them too. Like where's the, where's the center? I, I per, what do you think is going to happen? Interesting question. Yeah. And with that being said, I'm going to say a few things. In Asia, they're mass producing a lot of these surfboards from the big ma- from the big mass producers in our mm-hmm. industry. Right. I think because it, it's going to drown out some of us small guys. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we cannot put the details into these surfboards like they're doing right now, and keep our prices down and be competitive. Mm-hmm. And if let's be real, if JS surfboards or DHD or the Tomo boards who everybody's really hot on right now, if they had to manufacture all of those in the United States of America, we'd already Mm -hmm. be paying $1,500. Really? Bottom line, yes. The only reason they're competitive in this industry is because they have the Chinese workers, the Vietnamese workers doing stuff for... Really? Five cents on the dollar. I thought Absolutely. that it was. I didn't know that it was all those, the DHDs and all those brands were doing that too. They're all made in China. I thought it was just DHD Hayden. does make some here, but yeah. no, the, all the Hayden shapes. Those are all. They're all made in China Proctor, and overseas. And all they make their team boards over here. Yeah. The Kelly Slater designs, the team boards are all made over here by real shapers, They're, but all the production is all done overseas. Yeah. that's And that's the only way they can compete financially. And. They do a good job at it. And sometimes, yeah. uh, in my opinion, a lot of the technology is pretty good. I like it. But in a lot of situations, the top pros in the world are not actually riding the technology that you're getting in the shops. Yeah, it can't They kind of disguise it. Yeah, they, they, they can't be doing that. They're, they're so fine-tuned. And they know what they like so much that, yeah, they're, they're kind of selling a model. And that's why I always want to get a board from you or from someone who like Hans, who was you know in my community or something, just so I can kind of pay homage to that legacy of craftsmanship. And you always want to see it alive. That's kind of how we grew up. Yeah, and yeah. and I can respect that, and I can yeah. also respect the boards coming from China sure, too. Of course. I mean, let's be real; these some of these Chinese guys right now are, are they're making amazing surfboards. Yeah, they're and very forgiving. Fifteen years ago, they mm-hmm. were they were struggling, but mm-hmm. they've nailed it now, and they are yeah. making precision surfboards. But let, let me ask you something. Uh, no, you see this. Just okay. out of just out of high school, yeah. how much would you buy a brand new surfboard for? Just out of high school, like to, if I was getting out of high school today. Yeah. No, like when you were young. When how I was much young, were you getting surfboards for? Oh, you know, that's Ballpark. a good question. Probably like two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars. Two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I remember paying getting from one of my first surfboards as like an Asaku, and I remember paying like one eighty for it. It was like a custom board, and that was you know nineties. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously you were getting one hell of a. Bro I was getting, deal. I was getting a bro deal. Yeah. But I remember, I remember boards breaking, and I didn't have money, and I had to get a job and beg my parents, and I bought bought things off the shelf. Yeah, for like two ninety nine. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. So maybe even a used board. Yeah, that For was crazy. Use. Yeah, maybe. So like, yeah. when we put that into perspective, yeah, like, I think I was getting surfboards from Mark Pesh at $225, $250. Yeah. And that was 20-some years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think about how much the foam has increased in the price, how much all the materials have gone up, how right. much rent has gone up, how much inflation has infected, affected everything. Yeah. Let's be real. There's a lot of people in this industry who are still getting bro deals 
in this industry for $350, $400. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's still very affordable. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say it's super or too expensive. No, no. I'm just trying to, yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, when you yeah. think about it, in 20 years, the prices really have only gone up $100, $150. It's, uh, it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, look at yeah. how much clothing's gone up. Look at how much gasoline has gone up. Look yeah, at how gas. much. Think about when I was a little boy and I'd walk into a liquor store and buy a candy bar and it was a quarter. Now you walk into a liquor store and you buy a candy bar, it's $1.50. Yeah, uh, that's true. Can of soda. I mean, everything has gone up. But surfboards, they really have not raised. They've not gone up with the times. And yeah. in our defense, or in in the public's defense, I mean, could you imagine buying a car and all of a sudden the car's color starts changing and fading within six eight months, right. or it, or it starts to fall apart? Well, that's a problem us in the surfboard industry. I think we do need to address mm-hmm. uh, the. The finally, the epoxy resins are a little more UV stable. They mm. hold their color a lot longer now than they ever used to. I think that's a benefit. I remember, um, yeah, you used this certain kind of blank. The, it was, maybe it was an Arctic. I can't remember what it was, but you liked that one because it stayed whiter longer. Right. And but, nowadays, we use Millennium, and we have mm. our foam custom done with a with a very unique color that's whiter than everybody else, and and it holds a lot longer. And we're we're making steps towards that direction, but. Uh, the problem is, is we come up with solutions to make the boards last a little longer and look a little better. It's just tough getting the public to pay a little more money in order to do so. Yeah, you know it's true. It's it's a it's a little piece of art, and it's 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 meant to fade. Yeah, you're not supposed to have a surfboard forever. No. Yeah. And think about it. Variety is um, good. I don't know. I, I don't really snowboard much, but uh, if you had to go off, I, I think snowboards nowadays are probably in the five or six hundred dollar range, and most mm-hmm. people have no problem buying a brand new snowboard every year mm-hmm. but at the end of the year that snowboard mm-hmm. they rode last year still looks like it's in really good condition mm-hmm. a surfboard that we've been riding for a year it's not going to look the same that's yeah. kind of a problem yeah uh, yeah what can you do yeah i would ride a snowboard over and over and over again i don't I have a problem but, with that <laughs> but, but we're not full yeah. snowboarders uh-huh. but but we are more surfers than we are snowboarders yeah. so therefore we don't want to ride that same board for yeah. two three years in a row we want something yeah. new and fresh yeah and that's a problem are the surfboards i think eventually need to get built a little bit stronger they need to last a little more and 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 let's be real one of the biggest bummers with the surfboard is you pull it out a year later and it's been sitting in the sun well it looks brown yeah and it's uh it's not as fun it's not as exciting Mm -hmm. is it you know it's amazing how many soft tops are out there now like i think it's awesome that kids can start on that like for like 199 or something like that but like and tourists and stuff I don't know. It's 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 good and bad. I guess it's bad for crowds. But, Some but people kinda, are I'm, really down on the soft tops. I think they're cool. Yeah, I've come around. I've had fun on them myself. Yeah, my my nephew has like the sushi roll, the littler one, and like I've totally had fun. Yeah, you can deck, do floaters and stuff on there. I think I think Jamie yeah. O'Brien right. Uh, Ride for the soft top companies. <laughs> he, he showed that you could yeah. ride them in waves of consequence and still have fun and still surf them halfway decent. He definitely needs a commission. Did you see the video of him recently where he was wearing like a um, dinosaur suit? No, I really? did not. <laughs> it's like one. It was, it's a big dinosaur suit. It's like probably makes him like four feet taller, and he like rides this gigantic wave. And yeah, he's he's kind yeah. of a freak of nature. He he, oh. in my opinion, he yeah. keeps surfing fun. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Ah, that's awesome, Sean. Hey, what about uh, like uh, stories? Like, uh, you ever delivered good good board delivery stories? Any bad delivery board delivery stories? Oh God, you got a million stories. I know, but yeah, anything off the top of your head, jump off. 
Well, you know, one story is since I've grown up, the bathroom in my factory has become a lot safer place. <laughs> Back in the day, if yeah. you went to the bathroom in my factory, there was a very good chance that fire would be coming in under the door or fireworks would be tossed under and people were getting blown up constantly. But uh, That sounds like a good time. I've gotten a little older and softer, so, you know, the bathroom nowadays is a little bit of yeah. a safer place. And uh, as far as deliveries go, um, the only thing that really rings out to me is... Yeah. I used to cut boards for a lot of guys in the industry, and uh, Lost Surfboards was always a very interesting place to deliver to. Probably one of the most interesting. They had that vibe. They do, and they lived up to it because yeah. we would show up at the factory at 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning to deliver foam, and we'd be stepping over people laying on the ground and on couches. No and, way. That's awesome. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they, they lived it. They ran rugged <laughs> down there. <laughs> and I think they still might run a little wild like that, too. <laughs> you always hear stuff about people like that. It's not many, just hardcore partiers, core yeah. lords. Yeah. Mount Archibald style. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they lived it, and uh, okay. and they still do. I, I think I was I was wild on my own way, but a little more reserved than those guys. Yeah. I had kids; they kept me a little more grounded. Yeah, that's rad, rad, Sean. Yeah, thanks. Right on. Well, yeah. for my first podcast, uh, thank you for inviting me to yeah. talk on your show. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. Right on. Okay, later, surf brains.